And welcome to another edition of the Bachelor News Radio Show on um, the Bachelor News Radio Network. You can catch us and listen all over the place. Uh, Amazon, Firestick, and Roku on Big Mind Entertainment app. You download it. You can watch it there at your leisure. Uh, also, of course, YouTube. If you're watching on YouTube now at LA Bachelor, that's the page. Please do subscribe to YouTube. We'd love to have you there. Facebook, if you're watching live there. Also, Twitter uh, and the rebroadcast at TuneIn, iTunes. We're all over the place. And, of course, the audio version of this show at thebachelornews.airtime.pro. want to bring in my guest. Always a pleasure to have her on. She is a clinical psychologist licensed in my good state of Connecticut and Massachusetts. She developed an Act Now Psychotherapy, which is active, creative, time sensitive. And in addition, she's the author of the Wake Up and Dream Challenge, which teaches techniques she developed over a course of her career. And she's here to join us once again. She's Dr. Barbara Levy, and Happy New Year to you. I hope all is well with you, Doc. And um, we certainly appreciate you. Happy New Year to you. Yes, I'm, I'm glad to be back and I'm fine in these crazy times. Crazy times. Um, and that's, you know, not to take anything lightly when you say that. I, I wanted you to come on because I think if there's one silver lining with COVID, now we have this new strain and, and all this. Now they're even saying, you know, doctors are saying, you know, maybe we need to get vaccinated every three or four months. So they're not treating it like the flu, they're treating it a little different. But with that being said, maybe the silver lining in this is that we have some template in terms of mental stress and anxieties and depressions. So my first question to you is, you know, what has your community learned in terms of helping and healing people who are, you know, are locked in because of COVID. And then when they got out and, you know, a lot of divorce rates and suicide things going on, what have you learned in your profession in, in order to help folks out there that are, are going through in this sort of post-COVID era? Well, I think we're still learning. I don't think we're totally out of the, out of the, hot water yet. Right. And I think that we're all learning as we go along. What we've we're fortunate to know is that it has we have some tools in our box now that we didn't have in the very beginning. Um, I think a lot of therapists have been working, you know, 24-7 trying to to fill the demand because there's so many people who have been impacted by this pandemic and all of the unrest that has been going on for the last few years. And what I'm trying to do is as many group options as possible. I think that there are more similarities among people than people assume, that, that parents of young children all have very similar um, issues and struggles and working together with a therapist in a group may help. If you can't get into individual therapy, get into a group. The same is true for teenagers who are struggling with this, for people that are feeling depressed. There's so many similarities that 
often I felt like I was repeating myself over and over in individual sessions and, and wanted more group kinds of formats to help people in. It's been tricky because it, very quickly we went on to uh, online services, but the group services for online services have been harder to set up and make happen. But that's that I think will be the way of the next few months and year. And we're going to be feeling this pressure for some time. Is is there so I, I guess the, the follow-up to that is the 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 pressure to not only deal with COVID, but to seek help. Do you find with some of your your clients and, and maybe some of your colleagues dealing with others? that sometimes people don't know they're depressed. They don't know it's anxiety. They feel a certain kind of way, a little different, but they're not really knowing the signs. That's, that's always been an issue. Um, that's, that sometimes depression shows up as being tired. Sometimes it shows up as just not feeling motivated to do things that you used to love. Sometimes it shows up even in people that are that are joking a lot, but they're really not very happy. Um, sort of the, the unhappy clown who, who, who is funny on the outside, but but sad inside. So so there's lots of different ways that depression can show up or, or not sleeping, you know, up up all hours and thinking that that has nothing to do with depression, but it, it can. And so we all need to sort of pay attention to what our our bodies and our psyches are trying to tell us. Um, and I think everyone's feeling isolated. I, I think in some ways this pandemic has led to people recognizing that they're stressed and they're uncomfortable and that they're maybe depressed more so than before, which is why there's such an influx of people wanting therapy. That, that if, if anything, it's, it's reduced the stigma related to, to asking for help. And I think that's a good thing. Uh, you know, I'm not saying it's good that there's been a pandemic and that we've all been stressed the way we have, but but the side effect that people are recognizing and and getting a taste of therapy. So many people are saying I've never been in therapy before that are coming or that are asking for therapy. That that it's good because they're getting they're getting a taste of how talking to someone can help them. Mm. If you're just joining us, we'll talk with Dr. Barbara Levy on the Bachelor News Radio Show. Doc, what about exasperation? We, we're talking about COVID, but we still are in a very nasty political climate as well. You know, that can be very depressing watching this. And some people who are politically inclined and really engaged, their, their candidate loses, then there's doom and gloom. How much exasperation on top of COVID um, are we seeing um, in, in this 2022? I, I think that is a problem that we have and that we're all confronting as well. And we have to recognize that political battles and political change, like any change, psychotherapy doesn't happen fast either. It takes time. And political challenges are complicated and take time. And the legal challenges take time as well. And we're see it's, it's too slow for all of us. We'd all like it to be happening faster, but you know, 
for me, I try to watch people like Rachel Maddow, who tries to find some positives in the negative. And I think that sort of helps me to try to hold on to a little bit of hope. But I try to be realistic that things are going to take time. I hope they happen fast enough. I hope that people don't get discouraged and stop fighting, that, that there are many, many things that are wrong in our society that need to be corrected. There are many, many crimes that need to be prosecuted. And unfortunately, the courts and the legal process take a long time, but if they're not done well, they won't have the benefits of success either. And so we sort of have to take a deep breath, give our support when we can to the people we agree with, give them encouragement because they're fighting all the time. Our, the politicians are at it day and night and they need to hear from people to know that you care and that you, you're behind them. Otherwise they can't keep fighting. Uh, and there are programs, you know, there are political action groups that are doing things behind the scenes that you can get involved in mm. if you're discouraged and see the results. They, they, again, they won't be overnight, but you can see the results as they happen. Um, so that's the best we can do. There's no easy answer to that. I, I wonder if just from your, your mental health, if compromise now in this climate is even more important to be, not to say that you give up your complete beliefs, but trying to work with it, whether it's political, you know, we still have a divide on COVID. Like, you know, people still don't believe that they can get sick and die and all these different things. You and I believe it, but you know, the other side doesn't. So, you know, I wonder if compromise is, is, is the most important time now and also speak to faith. You know, a lot of people, there's a lot of praying going on. If you're a person of faith, um, that, that how important that is um, for, for not just individuals, but families. Well, again, I think that there are people of faith that are fighting hard and joining with them because they have good ideas and good, good means with nonviolent means to get their points across are important. And one of the things, whether it's families, children, doing something is better than doing nothing. That if you sit back and you're worried and you're anxious and you're depressed and do nothing, you're going to feel worse. And if you can teach your kids and yourself that, okay, I may not have, you know, won this battle, but we're keeping, we're going to keep working at it. It teaches your kids to persevere. It teaches, teaches your kids that, that, that politics and political change can happen, but you have to work at it. Just like you have to work at a marriage. It doesn't, it doesn't work, stay vibrant if you, if you stop working at it. So, so it's a life lesson that may be helpful for, for children and adults as well, that if you believe in something, work at it. The research does show that at, taking action helps us feel less helpless. It helps us feel that we're that we're a part of the solution rather than just a just a you know a curmudgeon saying it's terrible and you know the whole world is falling apart. Because we could take that you know you can roll up into a ball and do nothing, or you can say okay, 
if I do something, if my next door neighbor does something, if the guy down the road does something, if, if people across the nation are doing things that agree with me, then when you add up the people one by one by one, it makes a difference. And so not one person can make a difference, but everyone together can. You know, what is, it's funny you should say that. And if you're just joining us, we'll talk with Dr. Barbara Levy um, on the Bachelor News radio show. It's funny you bring up children. And I know you work well with children. You've helped. You've written children's books for kids and getting through, whether it's Sandy Hook with the shooting there or COVID or anything else. How do you how do parents navigate through that? Not only if the kids see others getting sick or whatever, but they get sick. I mean, how do you convince them that everything, because kids can, once they get isolated, it's the same thing. You can get depressed. Maybe they don't know. How do you monitor that and navigate through that? Translate what you know to the best of your knowledge, using the best information and medical guides that you can into language that your child can understand. What you explain to a five-year-old will be different from what you explain to a 14-year-old. But put it into language they can understand. Try to help them understand <clears throat> why we wear masks. I, there, there have been things on television the last couple of days that show that the N95 mask will protect you for something like 20 hours opposed to a, a cloth mask, which will do 20 minutes with the current mm. strain. So explain that to a child that when we wear this kind of mask, it may not be as pretty, it may not be as cute, maybe you can decorate it by drawing on it, but it will protect you more, so wear that one. And if you wanna wear a, a, a funny mask on top, put it on top of the, the N95. If, if you try to help them understand that, that you're caring for your society and your community, by keeping distance. It's because you care about your grandmother that you're not visiting right now. It's because you care about your older elderly aunt that you're not visiting because they're more at risk than you are. And therefore we're staying away, but we can keep in touch online. We can we can talk to each other on, on Zoom. We can play games on, on apps for children with where, where grandparents can read to them. Once they're vaccinated and the grandparents are vaccinated with care, maybe they can meet and, and again, with caution because the Omicron is, is different from Delta and from the earlier variants. And so, you know, I, people, I know people who have gotten COVID more than once. And, and we used to think, oh, if you had it, you got some immunity. But I know someone who, who had it a month ago and just caught probably Omicron. They probably had Delta and now they have Omicron. Mm. So it can happen. We can't take our guard down. And we have to explain that to our children as well, that it may take longer than we all would like. We want to go back to normal. We want to have our lives be back, but it's taking longer than anyone wants. But right now we have vaccinations that help. We have masks. We can do things outside. We can do things with social distancing. The better the mask, the more we can talk with people. And we can do Zoom meetings and Zoom parties. And, and you can play games with your friends at a distance. There are things we can try to use the technology if we have it. 
and and I've done I started a group over two years ago for therapists to talk about this pandemic and how hard it is and how to help our clients. And I feel like I know these people. We've been meeting once a week for two over two years. Mm. And it's become a really good support network. So with your families and friends, you can do things like that even if you can't get together. And you're and, and that seems to, that that that's I didn't even think about that. A therapist may need a therapist. They may get depressed because they're dealing with so much. They're getting overwhelmed. So what you're doing has to be helping a lot of people. Just like doctors and nurses. And I've worked with doctors and nurses as well and encouraged them to do support groups between them to talk about what they're going through. Policemen need it. Uh, People in the schools, teachers need it. And families need it. And if there's not a group with a therapist, you can set up your own group. If you have if you have friends who all have kids around the age of your kids, you could have a weekly or twice weekly Zoom group to talk about how do we keep our kids excited about life and about school and about, you know, and not scared by what's going on and talk with one another about what they do and how they talk to their kids and what they the challenges they're having, you know, uh, kids, you know, kids are, are wondering about this too. And they may, they need to know that it's okay to talk about it. You know, it's, it's funny you should bring that up. And I, I just want to remind people, if you have a question or comment for Dr. Barb, you can hit it, put it in our comment section. If you want to actually come on, we can do that too. Just let us know in the uh, chat room, uh, in the comment section. Doc, that, you know, we talked, I I mentioned that, you know, there's a divide still on this whole, do you need the shot? Is COVID real? Are you really going to, and, you know, people want to, the other side wants to talk talk about freedom. Well, you know, sometimes freedom is not free. You can't go into a movie theater and yell fire. That's not free speech. Um, So, you know, I would think at least from a child's standpoint, what especially like teenagers and teenagers go through peer pressure and things that maybe you see your friends or not, not all cases, I'm sure, but you know better, but you see your friends sort of living it up because their parents is, you know, no mask, no whatever. Meanwhile, you know, your parents are like, no, we're going to play it safe and we're going to follow the, the protocols and the guidelines that are in place. Do, do you can you buy into something like that where the peer pressure makes them feel a certain way if their parents and they're doing the, the safety protocols and their friends aren't? Um, it It's tricky. I think you want to keep the lines of communication open with your kids, friends, parents as much as you can. Right. If they disagree with you and you, I wouldn't, argue with them and get into arguments and and battles, I would just say, let's agree to disagree. But you might not want them to be the ones that are influencing your kids or spending time or doing as much with your children. Um, And so, so it would, it would make sense to try to talk to them calmly about your views and how you'd like to make things happen and find find sort of your bubble of people 
that agree with you, that have similar views and values, and that's the bubble that you would make a support group with. And you would build a support group for your kids with that one too. The other one is trickier and, and I don't think battling with them is what's going to convince them. I think it's, if anything, it's going to be the slow process, sadly, that there are people who are unvaccinated who are dying and they're going to hear about it. And they're going to believe more and more that it's real uh, when, when that happens. And hopefully then we'll be able to help them uh, save face because that's one of the problems is saving face. How could I believe such unbelievable stories and misinformation uh, down the road? Uh, but that, you know, again, I think therapist work will be, will be necessary at that time. And that friends, family, neighbors will have to also help them understand that they were, they were duped and, and, it's sad. Right. And, and you know, I, I've got a question. I don't know if you can see it on the screen. If not, I could read it to you. That uh, I think you have to read it because I, 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 my, my phone put something up and I can't get back to my, to where you were. Okay. No, no problem. What <laughs> we'll do. Um, uh, Mary, she didn't say where she was, asked, what are some of the signs of depression when it comes to preteens? And really, I mean, it, it, anxiety, depression, you know, what what are some of the signs when when you look at it, especially she's saying preteens? Well, with preteens, it's a little more complicated because if they're going into that into adolescence, there's some normal depression that you will see, and that that happens, and that's when kids start uh, being argumentative and critical and going into their room and isolating and, and, you know, maybe crying more often, you know, getting, getting into a tizzy easily. And some of that is normal. Some of that is expected. What's been happening lately is, is more than that, I believe. And I guess you got to trust your gut as a parent, you know, your child. And if it seems like they are, you know, really isolating themselves, don't want to get up in the morning, don't want to do anything. And it goes on for quite a while. And you don't see, you know, your child that you that used to be happy at all. I think that might be a time to reach out. I have I have in my family, one of one of my daughters is a teacher, and she teaches seventh grade. And she's a special ed teacher, but she's working with very kids with minor problems, not severe problems. And they're seeing tremendous, you know, uh, behavioral problems in school and, and things that they hadn't seen, you know, as much of within a few months. And her feeling and part of mine would be that if we could let go of our expectations of academics for a while and just focus on the social interactions, a lot of these kids haven't been interacting with their peers for some time and they have sort of lost some of their social skills, we should be doing social skill building in school and, and helping kids to, to feel more, more secure in school and then focusing on the, on the learning. You know, that doesn't mean stop doing anything academic, but I would, I would start with some, you know, special classes on, 
you know, team building, helping kids to, to learn to interact better, um, making the environment more pleasant for everyone, things like that. And I don't know where that's going to come from, you know, whether parents can demand it of their school systems and demand it of the federal government to try to install some programs that will help kids with the mental health issues that they're coping with right now. So there may be signs of depression that you're seeing. And I would ask for help from the school, the school guidance counselor, uh, ask if there are any programs that you can advocate for through your parent teachers association to get things into the schools so that these kids can be helped with the mental health impact that is like the pandemic or mental health across the nation. Yeah, and I, I would think too, Doc, that it um, it's really important to have that access period, you know, whether it be at school or, you know, some social services or whatever, it, if, you know, if it's not affordable for a private person, but just to be able to get um, that help. Final question for you. Um, <laughs> go ahead. You're going to say? Go ahead. You you have another question? Yeah. What I was going to say was, um, the, the final question was, what about things to do, you know, to avoid depression and, and anxiety, volunteering, um, getting to some kind of, even if it's online book club or what, what, what would you recommend for people to take their mind off those things that are so negative that could cause those things? Well, I think that every family should be thinking about, okay, what can we do to make life feel more normal at home and help others around us? And, and if it, if it's, joining an online support group that helps people, helps the elderly, for instance, by uh, if someone gets sick, picking up groceries and dropping them off by their house. They don't have to go inside. They don't have to, or they could do curbside pickup and then, and then bring it to someone's home. I think there's a lot of that that may be needed right now. Um, there may be organizations that, that, you could you could um, join that have popped up. I know there's organizations that made desks for kids. There have been organizations that have done all kinds of things. Um, when when there's a family in need, coming up with ways that neighbors could help one another. Hmm. And and so whatever you can do, talk about it with your kids. Say what would you like to do to make to to try to make the world feel better. What I, you know, do you have any ideas? Can we write letters to people that are in the hospital and can't see their family right now? They could send pictures. They could send, they could donate a meal to a, to, to a hospital staff, you know, to send them pizza, you know, and, right. and they don't have to spend a lot of money to, to do things that might help somebody that's working really hard in the front lines. And then the kids will feel, you know, I did something. We as a family, you know, did a did a fundraiser and raised funds to to send pizzas to the to the emergency room staff, so that they could they they could have something, you know, they could have pizza. And for a kid, that'll that'll teach them that there's something they can do. And any, it doesn't. I'm just making up an idea. It could be anything. That, that you might do for a, for a family or a friend in need in normal times, come up with a way to do it. Uh, I, I know some people that, that they know someone who lost a family member and they organized sending meals using Grubhub and other things 
over over the first month of after the loss and spread it out you know each each person was you know just sending one meal and it's nobody has the the head to to make food in the beginning and so those are things that people can do be human connect with one another do what you can even in the midst of this this very messy situation and we're all tired we're all you know sick of this disease and and the isolation but reach out online find ways to connect with other people and it may not be the same as in person but it will it will feel like it if you do it and get to know the people over time i know one of the things we wanted to do in in our household is you know that's why i bring up volunteering i think it not only can help you know in terms of like therapeutic but also you know we we're supposed to serve anyway so you know it's it's a win-win uh in that situation um doc before you go let people know how they can um uh, get your information and any of your books that you um are promoting right now let them uh, know about that please okay well my my website is act now psychotherapy i also have a book for children it's called Rama, the loneliest Lama that helps to talk to young kids about the pandemic. And you can download it for free. On, you go to Rama, the loneliest Lama on Facebook, you can just download it. Uh, it's also on uh, Amazon, but you don't have to purchase it. I, I just did it because I wanted something that people could use. Um, and my other book, uh, The Wake Up and Dream Challenge, is also available on Amazon. And, and it helps people figure out how to accomplish whatever they want in life. And certainly these times challenge us all as to making sure we can get to where we want to be in our lives because we have to work around the pandemic.